friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's really great to have you with me on the podcast. My name is Chris and I am your host. Uh, I'm church leader in East London and I'm also uh, on the leadership of Spring Harvest. Uh, write books, like making stuff, like this podcast. And one of the books that I wrote a number of years ago is called What If We Knew What God Knows About Us. Uh, I think, genuinely think it's probably... Uh, my favourite book that I wrote. Um, That and the Bible book by book are the two that I just absolutely so proud of writing. The Bible book, because it's a picture book of the Bible, it's a commentary on the Bible. Uh, But but the what if we knew what God knows about us feels like a... Anything else I'm going to write after this point is basically somehow coming out of this book. Um, It's all about identity all about what does God know what does heaven know about your life that your earthly life misinterprets and I was recently going through so that was published a number of years ago now uh, and I was just going through a folder that I have of old sermon notes and I came across the original teaching series that came became that book what if we knew and I was looking at it going actually these talks are really I love them they're they're great they're you know, there's not a great deal that I would want to change about them. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun to actually record them as podcast episodes so they have, I guess, longer life. Now, some of the content does come from the book. They're in the book because it made its way into the book. The other things that didn't make its way into the book, other things, ideas that I was writing about at the time. So I, even if you've read, read the book, I, I really hope that you find this inspiring. If you've not read the book, what if we knew what God knows about us? Seriously get a copy. Uh, I would say it's a really good book for young people. It's a really good book for anybody who's coming to faith. Like what's the next step post coming to faith? What what does God believe about me? How do I live my life? What does this look like? It's all discipleship based. It's all character based. Um, So anybody could read this book. It's a really, you know, it's it's designed for new Christians as well as those that have been around the church for a long time. Today we're going to be exploring a theme called Capable able capable and holy what does god know about you we've looked at the what if god knows more about us than we know then we looked at this god knows that we're adopted sons and daughters of the most high today we're looking at how god knows that we are capable able and holy so that's what we're going to explore today so friends i hope that you find this really interesting and inspiring i hope it really equips you uh, in your discipleship this week so let's jump right in to what if we knew what god knows about us that we are able, capable, and holy. I want to start today by telling you a story. It's a Jewish story. It's a story that I came across a couple of years ago. It's a story of a boy, a young Jewish boy, who feels he's completely and utterly worthless. And he goes to visit the rabbi. And the rabbi says to him, okay, so you're pretty worthless. That's not a problem because here I have a magic feather. And this magic feather is a pretty special feather. It gives you exceptional abilities. This feather will do things that you would never be able to do. So he gives the boy this magic feather. And the boy goes off, such delight in his heart because he's got this magic feather. And he's walking along the road and he sees this sick man in the street and he's unwell he's got a skin disease and the young boy takes out the feather and knowing that the feather was a magic feather he took the feather and he touched 
the man and as he touched the man uh, the, this feather this holy feather touched his skin and the man was healed the boy thought this was absolutely amazing and he keeps walking down the road he eventually comes across a, a beggar and he sees the feather uh, sees the beggar and he sees the man uh, starving to death and no money in his pockets no food to eat so he takes out the feather and as he goes to take out the feather he actually finds in his pocket is a bunch of coins and realizes oh, i've got these coins in my pocket so he hands over the coins to the beggar and he's able to pay for obviously the, the beggar to have food he's like my gosh this this feather is it really is a magic feather this is incredible so he goes off anyway the next day he he wakes up and he's getting ready to go out the day at the door and he realizes he can't find the feather he's lost the feather the young boy is absolutely distraught that the feather has gone missing and he goes running off to the rabbi he goes rabbi 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 i'm so so sorry i've lost the feather i've lost the feather and the rabbi turns to him and says what you're a fool it was a placebo the power was always inside of you all along because god had placed it there not because of a feather what a brilliant little story it's essentially a story about a young man who thinks so little of himself he can't see what is possible and by being told he's got magic feather he's a, you know goes on to do things that he would never dream of because the confidence was in the feather but actually finds out all along it's all in him friends there is more to you than meets the eye there's more to you you think that you are unable you think you're not capable and you're you think you are ungifted and actually god has to say something very different about your life god knows you better than you know yourself uh, you may think to yourself uh, that you've already tried and you're no longer able to to do that thing you've tried it it's failed the truth is that god knows you better than you know yourself god knows you are capable and able and will be okay i want to read to you from 2 peter 1 uh, verses 3 to 4 it says this his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through your knowledge of him who called us by his by his own glory and goodness through these he has given us the very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in his divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires wow read that again his divine power let's just make the what is this divine power actually the word there power is the word dunamis it's where we get the word power strength or authority from so god's divine authority power and strength has given us everything we need for a godly life now the word here is really interesting we translate as godly life i'm going to butcher saying it in in the greek uh, it's spelled e u s e b e i a usbia and it translates as a devout practice or function relating to a supernatural personal power so this godly life that we're told about here is a supernatural life that flows out of a devoutness to god so this let me read it to you this divine power strength authority has been is given us everything we need for a supernatural life through our knowledge of him that's jesus who called us by his own glory and goodness so it's jesus who's calling us 
not because you are opting into something. God is calling you into something. Uh, uh, though the, these, sorry, through these, He has given us every great and precious promise, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, escaping the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I love this. So it's because of God's authority and power that he has given us everything we need for a godly life, a supernatural life. And he does all of this, why? So that we might participate in God's divine nature. So let me just translate this. Friends, we have escaped death, so God is giving us access to his divine life so we can do what he does with him. This is my translation of that passage, okay? So I would translate it as this. We have escaped death, so God is giving us access to his divine life so that we can do what he does with him. In other words, friends, Jesus, through Jesus' death and resurrection, we have now escaped death. And because we've escaped death, God is giving us everything we need. We get to access the tool shed of God so that we might join him in his divine life, doing what he does with him. I love that. Because of Jesus, we get to now access the tool shed of God, the supernatural tool shed of God. In other words, God knows, friends, that you are able because he knows he is able. Because he can do it, he knows we can do it. I love this. Do you realize this about yourself, friends, that God knows that you can do incredible things because he knows he can do incredible things? His confidence in you is far greater than you have confidence in yourself. So his divine power has given us everything we need. Friends, the word there, everything. God's divine power, his spirit is giving us everything we need. Not some of what we need, not just enough of what we need. He's giving us everything we need. Friends, it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with this Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And through Jesus, we get to participate in this divine Trinitarian life, get to experience his glory and his goodness. Friends, it starts with him, this Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And friends, it ends with him. It ends with him. Everything that we can be a part of, everything we can enjoy, everything we can join in with is only there because of what he is capable of doing. Friends, you are not amazing because you're amazing. You're amazing because God is amazing. and He's doing an amazing work in you. If you think you're not good enough, then friends, you're missing the point. We're not good enough, but he's good enough. We're capable because he is capable. He is capable, therefore we are capable. Where have you seen God demonstrate power before? Where have you seen it? I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, years ago now, a long while ago, I was a youth worker, and I'd taken a group of young people to a place called Maseno in Kenya. It was a farming project that I was involved with, and as a part of that farming project, we did missions where we prayed for people and we invited uh, people to come to faith, to hear the gospel, and there's one particular day I had a whole ton of young people with me we were taken out there. In my memory, it was 10, 11, 12, 
probably more like eight. Um, but it was, it was a significant group of young people had gone. And we had just played the Jesus movie. And we had preached the gospel. Some people had said yes to Jesus, which was incredible. And at the end of it, we said, look, Jesus heals. We would love to pray for Jesus to heal you. And I had this group of young people. I'm thinking, I've not done any prayer ministry training with any of these guys. Like, they have no idea what they're doing. So very quickly, out back, I gave them the fastest prayer ministry training I'd ever given anybody. Ask them, is it okay to put your hand on their shoulder? Ask them for what they want prayer for. Speak with authority. Tell whatever it is to be God in the name of Jesus. And then ask them if it's worked. And if it hasn't worked yet, pray again. If it has worked, pray God's blessing over them. It was the quickest training you could possibly give. This particular young girl, she was 16 years old. I was praying. She was like my prayer partner. People were coming forward. And this girl comes forward and she has got a significant burn uh, on her ankle. She'd tripped over the fire and burnt her ankle. And she had this scab, this burn scab on her ankle that was about the size of a tennis ball. And this girl that I was with, 16-year-old, she prays, uh, puts her hand uh, over the uh, the wound and prays. She takes her hand away. I'm telling you now, no, friends, it had shrank in size. It was, uh, I couldn't believe it. Not hugely, but I was like, that's definitely smaller. Prayed again, took her hand away. And the next time she took her hand away, it was a bit smaller. This went on until the scab was the size of my fingernail little fingernail okay we physically saw the scab shrinking was this girl doing a miracle because she was well trained no was this girl doing a miracle because she had seen lots of miracles before no was this girl a part of performing a miracle um because um i don't know what the reason would be uh she she'd told all about this stuff before the answer is no 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 she was just doing what we had asked her to do because she believed in that jesus did this stuff and it was the first time she was praying with somebody and she saw this incredible miracle this girl's scab physically shrank this girl did not believe that she was a very good christian she was frustrated with her prayer life uh she did not think that uh she would do very well in life she knew she was going to fail at GCSEs because academically she wasn't great and she wasn't going to do very well at all but God used her she was able to see a miracle in someone's life because of what God was doing in her through him see God shows his power and ability through small things and big things so I want to tell you another story God shows his power through people Shows his power through those who feel like they've not got it all together. I'll tell you another story. This is a story of a, a young guy that was a member of my church. He had depression and anxiety. And he was preaching a few years ago. And this is the, a paragraph from the sermon that he was giving about his depression and anxiety. He said this. Some mornings I simply can't get out of bed. But then I remember that Jesus has given me all that I need. I don't feel it or see it but I trust this is true so I force myself to get up I force myself to get up and get dressed and I force myself to leave the house but I still don't feel powerful and I don't feel I've got any abilities I feel depressed and I feel that I've got anxiety sometimes it's not until the end of the day when I look back I see that he has in fact been there all along even though the depression is there 
and I don't see God, I realize I did get out of bed, I did get dressed, and I did leave the house. I love that. He's finding that he is able and he is capable to get through the day because God is going to hold him and carry him through. God's divine power gives us everything we need through his glory and his goodness. It starts with Jesus and it finishes with Jesus. Jesus has given you everything you need. Our problem is we struggle to grasp this. Why is that? Why do we struggle to grasp this? Because we think about what we are incapable of more than we are of what we are capable of. We look at ourselves. We focus on us. We keep our eyes on us rather than keeping our eyes on him. We focus too much on what we think we are incapable of rather than focusing on what we could be capable of through him. So friends, how do we live like equipped people? How do we actually live and function as equipped people? Do our lives look like they're equipped by the way that we choose to live? Or do we look like people who are simply limping along? How do we actually become people who are equipped? Tozer, I love this. If you've never read any of Tozer's work, this is a great one. Tozer writes this, How completely satisfying is it is it to turn from from our limitations to a God who has none. How completely satisfying it is to turn from our limitations to a God who has none. Friends, we have a God who has no limitations. There's nothing more satisfying in life to turn away from our limitations and our brokenness and our problems and turn ourselves and our attention to the God who has no limitations. So Corinthians 12.10, let me read this to you, says this, For when we were weak, then I am strong. For when we are weak, then I am strong. We get this completely and utterly muddled. We think when we feel strong, then we are strong. We think when we are weak and it's falling all apart, then we are weak. And Paul writes, friends, that's so far from the truth. When we are weak, we're actually strong because it's in our weakness we can actually receive everything we need from him. He has everything we need, not we have everything we need. So our greatest strength is in fact, friends, our weakness. As God is strong in us at our weakest point. I do a lot of work with recovering addicts. And we talk about people having to hit rock bottom. We've realized that before anybody can get the help they truly need, they have to hit rock bottom. When they hit rock bottom and they say, I am done, I am finished, I've got nothing left to give. It's in that moment that they can actually get the care and the support that they need because they stop trying to fight it on their own. And we are the same. When we are at our weakest, when we are at the most run down, fed up, disillusioned, it's in that point that God can be strong. He's the one that holds us. He's the one that carries us. And he's the one that equips us for every good work. Friends, we don't need to hold it all together all the time because God is the one who holds it all together. We don't need to be able and capable all the time because he is the one that is able and capable. We are able because he is able. I keep repeating that line in this episode. He is able because we are able because he is able. This is the truth I want you to go away with. 
that it doesn't matter how brilliant you are or amazing you are, it's about how brilliant and how amazing he is because he has power, strength and abilities, uh, not us. And it's through our weaknesses that his strength, power and abilities become known. So I'm reading another passage to you. So 2 Corinthians 4 verses 8 to 12. Friends, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be, may be also revealed in our bodies. I love this. So we carry around brokenness and death, so that he may be revealed. It goes on. For we who are alive are always being given over to the death of Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is also at work in us. I love it. So verse 10 was this. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in the body how beautiful is that it's when we're the most broken messed up fed up thinking we're unable and incapable it is in this moment that god is the most powerful able and capable he is we look at the jar we look at the container we look at how cracked the container is god jesus looks at the treasure within his power lives in us like treasure. See, friends, the devil is a liar. And he whispers to each and every one of us, you are not good enough. And the answer, friends, is yep. But my God is. The devil whispers to you and I, you are not able, capable, or good enough. And our response should be, yep, you are right but he is when the devil whispers but you're a sinner if everybody else knew what you had done and the answer is yep i am a sinner i'm a messed up broken sinner but he is good enough friends god's voice is louder than the sound of rushing waters that's what the bible teaches us god's voice is louder than the sound of rushing waters but we still somehow are able to listen to the liar's voice as if it is louder. God's voice is whispering over you, you are capable, you are able. So I want to pivot for a second and I want to talk about tickets and invitations. Tickets and invitations. This would make an incredible sermon illustration for any preacher out there. I want you to imagine a ticket in one hand and an invitation in the other. In your right hand is a ticket, it's a golden ticket, okay? It's a golden ticket, it's like a Willy Wonka golden ticket and your left hand is an invite, okay? It's an invite to an event. A ticket is something that you pay for and then when you get to the event, you have to show the ticket to get in. You go to a gig, you have to show the ticket to get in. You go to the cinema, you have to show the ticket to get in. But if you lose the ticket, you no longer have access. No longer got access. Friends, we behave very often as if our faith is like a ticket. And that if you lose your ticket, then entry to the heavenly realms is gone. So we scare people. You don't want to lose your ticket. 
Got to keep polishing that ticket. Got to keep checking in at church on Sunday so you keep your ticket. Tickets. Friends, you and I don't have a ticket to heaven. You and I do not have a ticket to heaven. You and I have an invite. What's invite? When you get given an invite to a party, that invite is from a friend to a friend. That invite is inviting you to come. Your name is on the list. And the doorman knows your name is on the list. So if you lose your invite, when you turn up, you don't hand your invite in. You simply give your name and you show the invite and they let you in because they know you. You are chosen. You have been picked. This is so true when it comes to the gospel. We behave as if the gospel gives us a ticket to heaven and it's rubbish. We get an invite through Jesus to enter into the divine nature, into what God is doing. An invite. We are invited into the divine nature. Do you behave like you have a ticket or do you behave like you've got an invite? An invite makes you secure. It means you know that they know that you are coming because they want you, so you're wanted. And you know that when you get there, it doesn't matter what has happened between the moment you receive the invite and the day that you turn up, they want you there. The door is open for your attendance. Tickets, you've got to keep it. You've got to keep it looking new and you've got to have it with you when you turn up. You better not lose it. Do you behave like you've got a ticket or an invite? Friends, have confidence that you are invited by Jesus through his death and resurrection to partake in the divine nature. Be confident in this. So 2 Peter, 1 again, 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through this, he has given us the very great and precious promise so that through him you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil great precious promise great a sense of something unexpected precious something that's costly weighty precious to god sometimes promises are precious to one person but they're not to another what we are being invited into by Jesus is something that's precious. Do you realise it's precious? And it's a promise. It's a promise like an invite. A promise that your name is on the list. A promise, a loud public, public declaration that you are invited. It's a promise from God to you that you are in, that you are okay, that you have a position, that you are capable and that you are able so friends what is it that god knows about you you are able to do whatever is ahead of you because he is able he is clothing you and he is residing in you that's what god knows about you he knows you are capable to get through the next day because he is in you he knows you are capable to deal with that job interview because he is in you he knows that you are capable of dealing with that child that you're struggling with because he is able. Your marriage that is struggling, you're capable to keep on going because he is 
in you. He's capable and he's putting his presence in you so you can get up and keep on going. Don't give up because he knows that you can do it. What is it that God knows about you? He knows that you're a cracked pot, but you're a cracked pot filled with his treasure. I want to end by counteracting the doubts that you hold within yourself by reading scripture over you. I'm going to read three Bible passages. I'm going to read them through. I'm going to pause. I'm going to read them again before I finish. I want you to hear these passages as antidotes to the lies written over your lives. 2 Peter 1 to 3. You have been given everything that you need. Philippians 4.13. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 2 Corinthians 12.9. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Let me read those verses over you again. Friend, you have been given everything you need. You can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Father God, I want to pray that we may come to know what you know about us. Would we know that we are able and capable? Have you made us holy because your divine presence is inside of us? May we know that we don't have a ticket to heaven. We have an invite. We are invited in. You are waiting for us. May we know this to be true and therefore would we have confidence in it as we step into whatever is ahead of us today and this week. We pray that in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.